This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard, and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with By Heart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is By Heart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you. Additional terms and conditions apply. We know you're seeing all the Mother's Day gift guides everywhere. And while we usually do some didn't I just feed you version, this year we have the one perfect Mother's Day gift that works for everyone even our last-minute shoppers, mylifeinabook.com. Mylifeinabook.com is a unique service that turns the life stories of people you love into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send your gift recipient a question via email. These can be pre-written questions that they provide, or you can customize the questions the way that I did for my mom. Your recipient can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature. MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. I'm really excited to be creating a book with my own mom this year, and I can't wait to hear some of her childhood memories, what it was really like raising three kids as a single mother, and how she's enjoyed becoming a grandmother, too. And when the book is done, you'll have a beautiful keepsake for her and for you too. You can even choose to have an audiobook created from the recordings. It's easy to sign up and the process is automated so you don't have to worry about missing a week. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code D-I-J-F-Y at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code D-I-J-F-Y for 10% off today. Hey guys, it is Stacy with another What We're Cooking and Eating Now bonus episode. In addition to our regular weekly episodes, twice a month, we give you a real-time rundown of what we're cooking for our families. In each of these episodes, we'll walk you all the way through a single recipe, and then we'll list about five others so that all in, you get six easy weeknight dinner ideas that we have tested with our own families. You can use our ideas as inspiration, or you can literally turn them into your meal plan for next week. We share links for all the recipes and products that we mention in our free community, which you can join by going to didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. All you have to do is enter your email, which we keep private, and then look out for our post with all the what we're cooking and eating now details. And actually, we recently launched new membership tiers too. So if you want, take a look at those and maybe consider becoming a supporting member. Okay. Again, if you listen to our What We're Cooking and Eating Now earlier from this month, 
you heard that in June, it's just me and my friends. So hopefully you listen to me and my friend, Rebecca. Today, my friend Gina is joining us, and I am so excited to have her on. Gina is another one of my friends who is a fantastic cook. You'll hear that she introduced me to hot sauce on lasagna, and I wouldn't have it any other way. So, so excited to have her on. Welcome, Gina. Okay, Gina, I want you to start by telling everybody in general, like who you cook for besides yourself. And like, I don't know, in general, I feel like over the last couple of years, you've gone through a lot of changes for like who you cook for and who is in your household. And now you are settled and it's just you and your son. Like, what's that look like day to day? So, yeah. So now it is just myself and Jaden. So it is quite difficult to just cook for two people. I've gone from cooking for four my soon-to-be ex-husband, my adult daughter, Jaden, and I. And then during COVID, you cooked for three, right? Because your daughter came home. Yeah. My daughter was home, and cooking for three people is different as well than cooking for a teenager and myself. So often I'm cooking things that we will have some leftovers that he can pop into a microwave when I'm at work. He's home alone after school. And now that he's home for summer break, it's like cooking things that he can heat up. He can add pasta noodles to different sauces. So cooking has shifted for me and prepping and thinking about meals has been a challenge at times. So Yeah, I actually think of you as being someone who does a lot of prep. I feel like sometimes we'll get on the phone and you'll be like, yeah, I just like cooked a whole thing of broccoli that we're going to have in the fridge for a while. Like that's my association of you recently, but even that's shifting now that he's on summer break, right? Because now he's around all the time. Absolutely. So that (laughs) cookie sheet of broccoli is gone within like (laughs) an hour. Like I sit it on top of the stove to cool and he demolishes it. Um, And it's so funny uh, speaking about prepping because the the dish that I thought about talking about today is something that I usually prep the day before, but I figured out yeah. a way to make it like a Wednesday night, make it really simple, but really tasty and flavorful. So Jaden loves it. I love it. It's quick, but it's um, traditionally something, it's curry chicken, Okay, but it's traditionally something that I would like clean season, sit in the refrigerator 24 hours, then take out and do like three or four steps to get it done. And now I'm buying like boneless, skinless chicken thighs. Yep. I buy this curry that I only find in New York. So I have my daughter send it to me. It's cheap curry. I just think it's a really good, tasty curry. But I use two types of curry. I use that chief curry and then um, Grace's curry powder. Okay. Are these powders or pastes? They're powders. They're both powders. Got it. And... I take some of the curry and a little bit of oil in the pan and kind of season the oil before I sear the chicken. And it seems like that adds a little zest of flavor to it. And yeah, I'm still doing the potatoes and carrots and some ginger and I use allspice. I use powdered allspice. So the traditional way that I was taught to do it is that you would use the um, 
little pellets of allspice and sprinkle that in there yep. and like fresh thyme and yep. scallions and onions and you would just fresh garlic and just season it and let it sit. I am making somewhat of a paste of those seasonings and lathering those chicken thighs down. I, what my friend says, burn the curry a little bit in the oil at first, but you don't let it burn. You just brown it in the oil yes. a little bit. But that's like shorthand for do not shorten the, it's like when I talk to people about searing their meat, like yes. do not shorten, do not be afraid. You think it's yes. burning. It's actually not. You're developing flavor. That's what you're doing. So that's exactly it. And then yep. I dice up onions and carrots and potatoes and I kind of stir fry those in that oil and then pull them out. And then I sear the chicken in the oil and pull it out. And I use chicken stock and mm-hmm. some water and I put all those things back into the pot. I, I don't cover it, but I put maybe an inch worth of liquid in the pan. And I'll also use chicken bouillon. Mm-hmm. And I'll put a little bit of that in there. Do you have a favorite brand? So now that I am in the South, there is Tones, T-O-N-E apostrophe S. It is at Sam's Club. Okay. And so I just take a tiny scoop of that and drop it in the water. Okay. I add very little salt. I don't usually salt the chicken because the bouillon has some salt. And then once you taste it, you'll you'll know. But all in the pot, lid on the pot, and maybe in an hour, mm. the chicken, potatoes, everything is done. So, so that has been my go-to. Okay. Two questions. What do you serve with it? Or is this like your one pot? Because you've got all the vegetables in there. You've got protein. Is it just some rice on the side? What are you doing on the side? For Jade and I, I make white rice. I make cabbage yeah. with it because I just like cabbage with curry chicken. So I make, I make cabbage with everything almost. I love cabbage. And Megan and I have talked about how cabbage is definitely underrated. It's oh, one of my favorite so vegetables underrated. also. You buy it and it's good forever in the fridge. Like it stays forever. Oh, I bought a cabbage last Sunday. Yes. Let me pull that out. It's Thursday. Chop that cabbage up. Yep. And there's so many things you can do. With I it. love so. it. So how are you making cabbage for your curry chicken? Are you like roasting it or you're sauteing it? I usually make my cabbage in a saute pan. How mm-hmm. I season it always fluctuates. But what I've been doing lately is getting a really green cabbage and only adding salt, pepper, onion powder, garlic powder, mm-hmm. those are like my go-to seasonings, yes. and, but very light, and then butter, just butter in the pan, kind of saute them. I always dice up some onions with my cabbage too. Yeah. Saute that in the pan and then pop a lid on it. It makes a lot of water, steams it down and done. Okay. So curry chicken and cabbage. And then do you find that your curry chicken tastes delicious, even more delicious like the next day or after it's had a chance to sit. Are you kidding me? The next day, <laughs> <laughs> the liquid has thickened. It's so like, oh, it's delicious. It it's is delicious. So that is a go-to So because it's easy for Jaden to warm it up. Yep. It's always like, and then sometimes I could add some chickpeas in there. Like there's so many things that I can add to stretch the meal out. If I come yep. in and work the next day, I'm tired. It's so easy. It's so delicious. And it actually is something that is better the next day. Yes, totally. So yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah, absolutely. This reminds me a little bit of how my grandmother used to cook because, and I've talked about this before on the show, that she used to, and I think Greeks in general cook this way, not so much maybe in the States, but back in Greece. And when we were traveling through Turkey a couple of years ago, I remember talking to one of my tour guides. She and I became friends and she had a kid who was about Isaac's age and we got to chatting about it where they'll make one big thing on like the weekend, let's say, that will last you several meals. But then along the way, you kind of cook smaller things. Maybe three days later, you cook one other big thing. And then as, you know, the curry chicken you cooked on Sunday is kind of dwindling, you'll add chickpeas to stretch it. And then you'll add the, you know, cabbage that you cook on Monday. So that there's always food in the fridge and you're also like always through the week building. There's only really one big cook, but you're constantly kind of building on these leftovers. And as one thing ends, you know, you stretch it and then a new thing starts and you just kind of always have food going. I don't know. It, I think it's a really convenient way to cook if you can shift into the habit of it. But it's just occurring to me now that for someone who's cooking for a lot of variable number of people or maybe just two people or even for your just yourself, that it is a really convenient way to think about planning out your meals because then you don't have to cook every night this idea of getting in the kitchen at six o'clock and spending 40 minutes cooking a dinner is a lot when you just have yourself and one other person who wants to do that. And it cuts down on waste too, right? So it's like all of these things yes, that go into yes. like, I make make six chicken thighs, but then I have the potatoes, the carrots, and the sauce. I've even like sauteed up some shrimp and thrown it into that curry mix after the chicken dyes were done. And now we have curry shrimp, right? Like there's so many things that you can do with it. Yes. And it also, for me, you, you know, I will freeze things. I am not, I don't like to waste food. And so I'm always inventing something else, like my own version of like a roti with my curry or, or, you know, whatever, with even just pita bread, like, Yes, so totally. A million ways of stretching and reinventing like a base dish. And that's what we're doing over here. I love it. Okay. Is there anything else that you cooked this week that you want to share? Like any little. So, you know, we have been planning on having this conversation for a while. And I yes. have been thinking about the curry chicken. With Juneteenth, I have made some traditional uh, Black American dishes. They're not something that I make on a Monday night um, and being celebrated on a Monday. But I made barbecue chicken very different. I air fried the chicken, which is another thing that is. I know. I think of you as the air fryer queen. Yes. I air fried the chicken and then I dipped it in a dip barbecue sauce, which is something that is very North Carolina Southern. Mm -hmm. My uncle makes a dip sauce. But it's a red sauce, too. So I dipped the chicken in that barbecue sauce. I made a red velvet cake, which, you know, I don't eat chocolate, but I eat red velvet. So I made... <laughs> so you do I, eat chocolate, but so it's I do red eat velvet. Chocolate, <laughs> um, I made a red velvet cake, and I also made red beans and rice, which is something that I love, but I just don't make it often. Um, but I happen to find some really good sausage to kind of flavor up some beans and and I make collard greens too. You make collard greens a lot. I make collard greens and cabbage a lot. If I could make it every every other night, I'd make collards and cabbage. Love it. 
Yeah, all the time. Okay. Any secrets you're willing to share about your collard greens? So the collard greens. Um, <laughs> I'm making you spill all your secrets. Gina's a really good cook, you guys. <laughs> my family enjoys my food. Um, so I love greens. your food. Take the stem out of the collard greens. Cut the stem out. Pull it stem out. However you take it out. Take the majority of the stem out because it's very bitter. Um, I cook my collard greens in chicken stock and water. Mm-hmm. I put I put onions in almost everything. So I put onions in there, and I put onion powder and garlic powder in almost everything. So I do season them with that. Some vinegar. I let them cook down until they're tender, and then I taste them and I season from there. Oh, wait a minute. Stop the press. What? The smoked turkey. Boil oh, the smoked yes. turkey until it's yes. boiling off. And then. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is it. Um, and I like smoked turkey neck and a wing chopped up. I love it. Yeah. I want that yeah. now. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. But here's my deal this week. So as you know, I don't know if people will know by the time they listen, I tested positive for COVID. I was asymptomatic. And then about like, I don't know, I feel like it was three or four days into like my isolation or whatever. I started feeling like a little queasy Mm. and just really hungry, but also no, I can't say no appetite because I think about it and I'm like, oh, I'm so hungry. I want a cheeseburger. I want this. I want that. But then as soon as food's around me, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can handle it. I've like thrown up a couple of times. It's like a very weird symptom that I don't know if people are talking about. Is it related? Is it not? It must be. I don't know. So I've been in a weird place with food. And uh, I've also been just in a weird place like with energy and being nervous about getting into the kitchen and the boys and clearing them out. The first night I made dinner after I tested positive, I double masked, I cleared the space, I opened the front door and the back door, I had the fans going. By the time I was done cooking and cleaning up the whole space, I was like, this is insane. I'm exhausted. But I did manage to cook a couple of things. So anyway, I was using my freezer a lot because I didn't have time to go shopping. And it's funny, I go in and out of using my freezer and like being tuned into it. And when I tuned into it this week, I realized I had a lot of seafood in there. Mm. I guess I buy a lot of frozen shrimp and a lot of frozen salmon that Mm -hmm. I then put away and don't use because my kids complain about seafood. They're really not into it. Yeah, I don't. They used to be. I don't know what's up. But anyway, one night I had chicken left that was going to not like it wasn't going to last. So that was what motivated me to cook. I grabbed the chicken. I grabbed some shrimp. There's a brand that I love called Jacobson Sea Salt Company. They make a taco seasoning that's really good. And I just literally like doused everything in taco seasoning mm-hmm. and threw it all on the grill and made like fajita rice bowls. And I actually used, I had been buying, I don't know if you ever buy this for Jaden, packages of pre-cooked rice and pre-cooked pasta? No. Okay. So I would have been like, hell no, a while ago, Mm -hmm. but people who are listening know that I talk about Isaac a lot and how this kid won't eat unless you make it absolutely as easy as possible for him. And cooking a box of pasta is not something Isaac will do. 
But if you're like, here's a package of cop pasta that's cooked, just heat it in the microwave. He will do that. So I, because summer break started, I had a whole bunch of rice packets of pre-cooked rice and I saved myself some time and I just built the rice bowls off of these pre-cooked packages of rice and it was fine. It was great. It worked. The other thing I made this week was pan fried pork chops and three bean salad. So I wanted to hit the grill again, thinking that's a safe way for me to cook. And then I don't have to clean up my kitchen as much, but I was really craving like breaded pork chops. And so I did that. But again, I was trying to be in and out of the kitchen really fast. And I just grabbed Old Bay, which I had never used before for pork. I think of Old Mm -hmm. Bay as being only for seafood. Yeah. But I used it for my pork chops because I didn't feel like touching all the different jars to get like cayenne and paprika and garlic powder and onion powder. And I just used Old Bay and breaded them and it came out okay. It was good. It was like a fine shortcut. I have to say, Old Bay, I put a little dash sometimes when I'm frying chicken, like fried foods. Yes. It's the move. Yes. There you go. It totally worked. If anything, I didn't use quite enough. You know, okay. like when I do my own seasoning mix, and I remember this from when I was developing my fried chicken sandwich recipe for winner, winner chicken dinner, that mm-hmm. I really think the problem that most people have, especially when they're frying food, is under seasoning because mm-hmm. it seems like so much to be like three tablespoons of garlic powder. Yes. But like that's where the flavor is. And then by the mm-hmm. time you get a breading on it and flour and then you fry it in the oil, you're going to lose some of that potency. You need there to be, you need it to be really, really seasoned. So yeah. I didn't take my own advice on this one. My <laughs> old bag came through just a little bit, not quite enough. And then I made this three bean salad that I just like threw together myself. I had some green beans, uh, chickpeas and white beans, made a quick vinaigrette. I had those pepperoncini that I just chopped up Ooh. and like threw it together because I wanted something tangy to cut through the fried pork chops. Yeah. Now, how did you pan fry the pork chop? Okay. So this is funny because I was in a mood and I did something I don't normally do because I know better, but I like was craving pan fried breaded and I just grabbed butter and I threw a whole bunch of butter in the pan. And then I was like, oh, of course, butter just burns off too fast mm-hmm. and then it mm-hmm. burns. So like it was cooking off and it was burning. And then I was trying to save one batch because I had multiple batches and I was making all kinds of rookie mistakes because I was, I'm going to blame it on COVID. Then I added some oil, but you know, when you add oil, when you're already mid frying, your breadcrumbs run the risk of getting like oil soaked. Yeah. It mm-hmm. just doesn't like turn out good because it like the oil hits the pan and it isn't at the right temperature yet. Not so temperature. one batch was kind of wah wah. But then I like for the other two batches, I just like do shallow oil. I didn't deep fry them. I really mm. should have because that's when it's better, but I do shallow oil and then I just fry them up. Do you mm. ever do fried pork chops? I do do fried pork chops. Um, I don't use breadcrumbs. I use flour. Mm-hmm. I use both. 
Um, oh, do you? Oh, so I there's do. a really crusty yes. kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. But I you know it. what I have started to do with my pork chops is season them and then put a little hot sauce on them before I dip them in the flour. Yes. That's what a lot so of people good. do with their, um, with their fried chicken too. Yes. Hot another sauce secret. Another secret. It's hot sauce <laughs> or mustard. The mustard on fish and shrimp. Unbelievable. You don't taste the mustard, but it really holds that batter. I like it. Oh, I've secrets, never done yeah. that. The mustard. You know what else? Yellow mustard. I do have one other secret from you. I had never eaten my lasagna with hot sauce oh, before. Are you me? Yes, not crazy. <laughs> and now, like, go to a hundred percent. Go to go to punches it up a little bit. Yes, <laughs> it's the best. All right, the last thing I made, I grabbed salmon out of the freezer and I made Isaac's favorite salmon rice bowls. But the annoying thing about these salmon rice bowls is that Oliver won't eat salmon anymore. And so literally he just eats rice on these dinners and I had no energy to deal with it. He eats rice and avocado, but I make like a gingery vinaigrette. It's like my basic vinaigrette, but I, instead of just adding shallot, I add shallot and a lot of fresh grated ginger and a little bit of soy sauce. Mm. And I use rice wine vinegar and cider vinegar. And that's it, like, and a little bit of olive oil. And then here's the thing about my salmon rice bowls that Isaac loves the most. I put oranges in them. So it's rice again. I made fresh mm-hmm. batch this time. And when the rice is still hot, I toss it with a little bit of mirin to mm-hmm. make it a little sticky and sweet, like Japanese mirin. And then I crumble the salmon and I cube avocado, cilantro, and then I segment the orange and then I take the peels of the orange because I've taken out all the flesh and I squeeze that into the dressing a little bit too. And then I shake mm. up the dressing and I finish with sesame seeds. The recipes in my first cookbook make it easy. But Isaac loves it. It's one of his favorite meals. And Oliver just ate rice and avocado that night. And that it was sounds that. delicious though. I have to it try. Was. Do it's you like use, kind of a sushi bowl. Do you use mandarin oranges or just any Regular orange? Regular oranges. Okay. okay. Regular navel oranges. It's really, really good. Nice. And that's what we ate. Gina, thank you so much for being here. We have been trying to make this happen for so long. Yes, yes, yes. yes. (laughs) I'm so happy to finally have been here and also missing Megan. I know. That's okay. She's going to miss me for a couple of weeks. So, and she's going to have her friends on. (laughs) So actually that's what people can expect. The next, what we're cooking in you now will be Megan with who a mystery guest. I have no idea. You guys, this bi-monthly series is thanks in part to the generous support of our Din I Just Feed You supporting membership. So a huge shout out to them. You can find out more about becoming a supporting member at didn'tdigestfeedyou.com backslash community. And hey, if it's not the right time to support us, don't worry, just keep listening. And you can get all the links that Gina and I mentioned today. If there's a product or if there's a recipe we can share, we're going to share all of that in the free section of our community. So you can always join that at absolutely no cost. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik. Thanks for listening. Stay sane and well-fed until next time.